Awesome. Are we ready? Do you look ready? Are you sure? I'm not getting much from this side. I'm getting a lot from this side. Are we ready, guys? Yeah, what about at the back? Are we ready? All right, do me the honor and just sit on the edge of your seats for me. Come on. I'm not going to get you to stand up. Sit on the edge of your seats. If you can sit on the edge of the seats, go for it. If you can't, then uh, I'm believing you're with me in spirit. It's all good, all right? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity to look at your word from the position of sons and daughters in Christ. Lord, we thank you that from that foundation, we move forward in faith. Lord God, we do not preach again a foundation that is apart from Christ because Christ is the center. We thank you, Lord, that you died upon the cross for us. We thank you, Lord, that you died for our sin and that you rose on the third day and that you have accepted us and you have sealed us with the Holy Spirit and you have called us sons and daughters. From that place, Lord, we look at the perfect gift that comes from above the Holy Spirit. We sit on the edge of our seats, Lord, just as a sign to say that we are in expectation this morning to be encouraged from your word, to encounter your word in a fresh way today and to encounter your spirit like we have not before. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your way today. Amen. Amen. Now you can get comfy, all right? But, hey. if, it, but if, I see you not comfor- if I see you're too comfortable and going to sleep, I'll call you out. Hey, Pastor Steve. Yeah, mate. As we're looking at the Holy Spirit here, um, the kids are going to be out the back too. Yeah, all right, kids. Do you want to head on out the back? That'll be cool. Thanks for that, James. But you guys are going to come back, all right? Just to uh, fill you guys in, in about 25 minutes, the children are going to come back and they're going to come and sit around the tables and their teachers are going to watch them because they're going to participate in what we're going to do later on, all right? That's pretty cool. They're going to go out the back now and they're going to have a look at the Holy Spirit themselves, I believe. And then they're going to come back and they're going to do some ministry amongst themselves and amongst us as well. So I'm looking forward to it. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. He's not separate from God in any way. He is part of the triune God, the Godhead. And I think sometimes, and Jamie touched on this really briefly last week, sometimes what we think is we talk about the Holy Spirit and we forget Jesus. We forget God, but we're not. We're actually incorporating the fullness of God when we talk about the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. For too long, the church worldwide and for too many years have neglected this gift that God has given us, and His name is Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Great Comforter, the Counselor, as Jamie said last week, the Parakletos. The one like Jesus who is closer than Jesus to us. He is here, ever present, all around us. He is God. I, uh, I embarked on a bit of a look in the book of Acts again over the last couple of weeks. And let me tell you, when Holy Spirit wants you to look at it with fresh eyes, you will see things that you could not remember you've seen before. Who's looked at the book of Acts before? This is an honest truth here right now. Who's read the whole book of Acts? Who's got encouraged by the whole book of Acts? Who's participating in the whole book of Acts today? Oh, look at this. Okay. The book of Acts did not close with the death of Paul. 
or John, the person who authored it. The book of Acts is continuing today. It's not the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It's the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the church age of grace and the Holy Spirit has not finished. It has not come to an end. Why? How can I say that? Because Jesus has not returned upon the clouds and caught up his church in what we would term as the rapture. Therefore, with the age of grace, the age of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is now. We need to understand that. So I've been looking at this whole concept. I've been been trying to ratify it. And I'm going to try and get through this as quickly as possible. Awesome. It's 10.30. Can someone, maybe my wife, give me a shake when it's 10.2? Like that, all right? 10.2. 20 minutes. We'll see how we go. Now, I know you'll do it. So when you look at the book of Acts, what does it stand for? What does it look like for you? Is it, a, is it just writing on white pages? Is it just black and red ink at the start in Acts chapter 1? Is it just ink or writing on the pages? Or is it life? Is it the record of what the church accomplished in a very short period of time? Or is it something that closed and is not to be reopened again and is not to be expected today? Well, I don't think so. I think the book of Acts has continued throughout history, even through the ages that we call the dark ages. I believe the Holy Spirit was still within a remnant of his people. Question. Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday? Is Jesus Christ the same today? And is Jesus Christ the same forevermore? Is that a truth or not? Therefore, if the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, if He's the Spirit of Jesus who comes and resides within us and who comes to empower us, does He not do the same as what He did almost 2,000 years ago? It's an interesting question. Hebrews 13, 7 says this, and verse 8. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We forget that. We forget the very part of verse 7 that says, Remember your leaders, remember the faith they had, remember what they did in faith. Because you can do exactly those things because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who is he talking about, the writer here? The writer of Hebrews is talking about those who went before, the apostles of Jesus. The the, the book of Acts spells it out quite clearly. There were 11 apostles. They thought that they would be able to replace Judas with someone that they could use chance to replace him. They, they, they threw dice to see if they could get uh, someone to replace him. That apostle was never heard of again, recorded of in the book of Acts, never again except for that moment that he was anointed as one of the twelve. The apostle Paul has an encounter with the risen Christ. The apostle Paul, three days later, has an encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he writes two-thirds of the, old, of the New Testament that we have today. When you encounter Jesus, it's not just supposed to be an encounter for you. It's supposed to be an encounter that goes beyond you and affects the ages. 
Your encounter with Jesus is supposed to leave legacy after you are well and, and you're, after you are gone. So the leaders, the apostles, those who have gone before this writer, those who have gone before have left an example of faith that is to be followed. That they encountered Jesus, that they encountered his Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and then when it came to it that the church was too big that those 12 could look after it, and before the Holy Spirit split them out and sent them out into the rest of the world, before it became too big, when it became too big, they anointed seven people to go and serve on tables who were, the book of Acts says, full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then it records about Stephen who goes and does wonderful works of miracles and healings before his stoning. Remember the leaders that have gone before you. Think about that. What was their work of faith that you want to apply to your life? And then take it further and say, God, what have you got for me in my faith and the encounter of the Holy Spirit? It was their way of life, their actions, their faith. These are the things that are to be imitated. So as I said, I started this fresh look at the book of Acts. Did you know the common thread through every chapter that I'm up to about uh, chapter 9 or 10 at the moment? The common thread of the chapter is the Holy Spirit. Every chapter, the people might change, but the Spirit doesn't. It was how he moved through different vessels. And yet we give honor just to the apostles, but there was more than just the apostles who were moving in the Holy Spirit. So today we'll look at the book of Acts a little bit, and we're going to draw three things from this really quickly that I want us to to apply Acts chapter 1 and verse 1 to 8. Jamie touched on this last week, but I want to read it again for us. This is like like part of, I think, your calling as the church. As as you take this home and you meditate on this, you chew on this, I want you to take this home. It says in 1, in the book, in the first book, this is is Luke, Dr. Luke, the, the historian, recording. He says this, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So straight away, he he writes his introduction to his book. And he says, my first book, the book of Luke that we have as a gospel today, it was the recordings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what he did, what he accomplished, what he did at Calvary. Over and above everything else was Luke's, what Luke was saying. But then he imparted something to his apostles, his disciples, through the Holy Spirit. So Luke records this to be taken through the ages. That it was the voice of Jesus, but the weight of the Holy Spirit. Weight is glory. I want you to know that. So when we talk about Holy Spirit, we're actually talking about God's glory coming upon them. It was the weight of the Spirit. Continues, verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 
over 500 people saw Jesus from the dead. And while staying with them, he ordered them to not, be, to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. So firstly, I want you to understand the, the Holy Spirit was the one who brought the commands real into the disciples' lives. The second thing I want you to understand about this passage is the disciples quickly in their flesh reverted to self-motivation. Verse 6, Jamie shared about it a little bit last week, and I, I really just felt the Holy Spirit wanted to emphasize this. In the flesh, these people were following Jesus. They loved Jesus. They've just encountered the risen Jesus. But in their minds, in the way they thought, their thinking reverted back to old thinking, which was, Jesus, are you going to restore now the kingdom to Israel? That's it. Full stop. The kingdom to Israel. That's a selfish motive because they were Israelites. They were Hebrew people. Is this the time you're, you're going to sit on your throne and Israel's going to rise again? And we're going, to, we're going to be the most powerful nation in the world. A selfish motivation. See, you could come to Jesus. You can have an encounter with Jesus. You can be born again and still living in the selfishness of the flesh. You can do that. You can actually do that. And you're still saved. You're still going to heaven. You're still righteous. But you're living in the selfishness of the flesh and the old mind, the old way of thinking. So Jesus, it's all about me. What am I going to get about this? It's all about making my life peaceful and perfect and loving. And that I'm going to get everything that I'm going to get and live in prosperity for the rest of my life. See, that's what the disciples were doing. Jesus says this, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, that which the Father has put in place. Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. But so many Christians get so bogged down in end time stuff. And they forget one thing. It's not for us to know. Times and seasons and we get to see the sun come up and we see it set and it goes down and it's pink and we know tomorrow it's going to be nice and warm. Those things are great. But if it doesn't happen, then don't take that word for gospel. Therefore, Jesus doesn't want us to be consumed with those things. He wants us to be aware with those things. What's he want us to be consumed with? He says it. Jesus spoke of power when Holy Spirit comes upon you to be what? Witnesses beyond themselves. So you can be a Christian. You can be saved. You can be going to heaven. All well and good. Fantastic. You're one of my team. You're here today and you're blessed and God knows it and you can call him Father. Awesome. Jesus 
is more concerned with seeing something come upon you that causes you to witness outside of yourself. See, light can't be contained. Jesus talks about that when he says, who lights a lamp and puts it under a basket? Jesus is not interested in lighting a lamp and hiding it from the world. Jesus wants to set you alight and set you on fire for the world. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then there's a 10-day lag where the disciples have to think through, what's Jesus talking about? I reckon Peter was up there processing his selfishness. I reckon he was praying before God. I reckon he was doing these things before God, reading the scriptures and doing the honest things. And he was probably teaching the younger ones of them. He's like, you know, God is this and God's forgiving and God's nurturing and God's doing all of this stuff. And he's drawing stuff out of the scriptures. And they're hungering for the things of God. But then he says this, what's he say? Let's pray. Let us wait for the promise of the Father. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it is. Acts chapter 2 comes and bam, Holy Spirit falls on them and Pentecost happens. Tongues of fire is seen in the place. And there is instant shift from Peter being someone who was introverted, someone who was self-interested, someone who was only interested in seeing the kingdom of God in Israel to ultimately seeing beyond Israel to the rest of the world. The Spirit lifts our eyes off of ourself and He places it on the purposes of the kingdom, which is His Word going forth. I see three things. Firstly, Acts chapter 1 tells us when we walk in the Spirit, I'm going to use that language right now, but what I want you to understand is this. First point I want you to write down if you're writing notes. If you're walking in the Spirit of God, you're walking in a ministry of power. That's what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells you. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power from my Father in heaven. Let me teach for a moment, eh? Jesus is the Son of God. He was born of the Virgin Mary, which means he was born in the flesh, but he had no father. He had no earthly father. His father was the great father, the holy father, the one who is thrice holy, God, the father of all. When Jesus was born, he was born of the flesh, but he too was born of the spirit because of his father was the spirit. Luke 2.52 tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with man and God. What's this talking about? Jesus goes up to the temple. It's that time of the year. He's about 12 years of age. Luke's the only one to record this because he's the researcher. He's the one who goes out and he, he finds out the story. And he hears of this story of the young Jesus schooling the teachers of the law. And the favor and the authority that he had, this, this difference as a 12-year-old person who shouldn't have known what he knew and probably couldn't have told them how he knew it because he didn't want to tell them where he's from yet. But he was born from above. The result 
of the born again experience in the life of the believer is to be born from above, to be born of the Spirit, to produce the fruit of righteousness within us. So we don't move on from that truth. That is the foundational truth of what we believe as Christianity teaches. We are born from above, born of the Holy Spirit, born to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Read Ephesians. It talks about right, you're a chosen nation. You are chosen before God. You read 1 Peter or 2 Peter. You're a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. We are born from above, so the fruit of righteousness can come through our lives. The very Spirit of God comes and lives and dwells within us, reigniting the Spirit within us that was dead due to sin. And our Spirit and the Spirit of God join together, brings about a righteousness from the inside out, so that you can grow in character, grow in wisdom, grow in understanding. Grow in what God has called you and shown you to be. Romans 1 puts it this way. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Verse 16. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So if you have had an encounter with the risen Christ today, if you know that you are born again, you are born from above, and the Spirit of God has sealed you into the kingdom of His Son. That is a truth. The result of the Holy Spirit in us and through us in the born-again experience is about character building. It's about moving us into the likeness of Jesus. It's about producing fruit in our life. And therefore, every Christian that calls upon the name of the Lord should see the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in their life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. They should be all part of who you are Because the Spirit of God is leading you into the nature of Jesus by His righteousness. Nowhere is this seen more clearly than in John 20, 21 to 23. I want to say this scripture because I want it to be seen that the Holy Spirit has two roles in the life of the believer. And throughout Christian teaching... We've put him into the one category. John 20, 21 says, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. This is when Thomas was in the room doubting about Jesus, and Jesus appears 
walks through a locked door and appears before them. And he says, hey, come and touch my hands. Come and touch my side. It's all right. I understand you need to see this. But then Jesus talks to them about righteousness. He talks to them about forgiveness. He talks to them about going out. But before they do that, they needed to be born from above. How can you say that, Steve? Because it is parallel when Jesus breathes upon the disciples. It is parallel with with when God breathed into the clay man that he just formed and the life of God brought Adam to life. Adam was breathed in by God and he came, born from above, a righteous man with no sin. When you think about that, Jesus is God. He is now the resurrected Son of God in all of His glory and He's shielding that from the disciples so He could do one thing and that is to breathe the Spirit onto them so they can be born from above. That is, what they, that is their born again experience. Up until that point, they were working in the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of the Holy Spirit and they were doing things for God based upon the authority of Jesus. Right now, They're now doing it because they're sons of God and Jesus is working through them to bring them up into little Jesuses, as we heard a few weeks ago. And it's good for us to see this because this is 10 days before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Purpose is seen. How can you say this, Steve, again? Purpose is seen in the very next verse where it says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Scripture interprets Scripture, right? The context of the passage is about forgiveness. Therefore, when Jesus breathed upon the disciples, it was about salvation by grace alone, through faith alone. It's about forgiveness before God. You've got to understand that. It was that they would be righteous so that they could set other people free in righteousness. Yet Jesus clearly commands them after this event to wait or to tarry in Jerusalem for the gift of the Father. But didn't Jesus just blow the Holy Spirit upon them? Did they not just receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, they did. But the second purpose of the Holy Spirit is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh for power to go beyond that which was about me and God to bring it to a place where it's about God and me and my fellow man. So that they can be about them and God. Acts 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Sadly, in today's world, Christians are stopped dead in wrong belief because of a powerless gospel and a self-help Christianity. When you... When you deduct everything that the Bible says down to a personal experience, 
through a mentality of righteousness for me and between me and God, the teaching becomes self-help, character modification, and living right. And from there, you get the twists of whether people are lawful or living licentious lives. Because that's what the human brain takes Scripture and does with Scripture. But Jamie said last week that the Spirit of God is given to lead us into all truth. So when you look outside of your context and you read the Word in light of, God, this is who I am. This is who you made me to be in Christ. And therefore, I'm going to step into who you've empowered me to be. It's not about character modification at all. It's about grace empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live righteously, not by works, but by faith. From the beginning, the Holy Spirit came upon the church to fill her with power for the advancement of the gospel. I like this quote. I heard it a little while ago. It's been attributed to David Livingston, Dr. David Livingston, but some people, uh, they contest that because it's become quite a common quote. You might have heard it before. It says, David wrote, he says this, Those who say it cannot be done shouldn't interrupt those doing it. Those who say it cannot be done shouldn't interrupt those doing it. That has become the very issue between Christianity and the Protestant world today. There are churches who are doing it and there are churches who are justifying the fact that they can't do it. There is a massive difference and it comes to this one thing. Faith that the power of the Holy Spirit that was poured out at Pentecost is available today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. A, a Christian with no power has us like the disciples in Acts chapter, 11, Acts chapter 1, verse 11, where they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand... Oh, this, is, this is an interesting story, actually. Jesus told them that they're going to have power poured upon them to wait in the in the in the and wait for his gift, and then he guy kind of like rises up into heaven. He sends to the right hand of the Father, and we got this. Oh, I'm got to move. He gets this. He gets up there, and these two angels come because the disciples are stargazing, and I'm sure some of them are actually navel gazing because they kind of like don't know what to do. Jesus has just gone. The, the very source of their power has just left. But they're stargazing. They're like, where is he? I can't see him anymore. I, I just can't see him. And that's what Christianity is like when we're not motivated by the Spirit of God. When we're motivated by our self-help doctrines and our, and our way of, of making us feel better. The fact of the matter is, you are the righteousness of God. You have the mind of Christ. He has graced you with all, everything so that you can success, have success and have victory in life right now. But you're too scared to step into it. Trust me, I know this because I used to sit here doing this. 
I used to stand here talking to people and saying the same thing after the same thing after the same thing. It's all right. It's okay. They're there. Jesus is with you. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is upon you for the purpose of spreading the gospel. And it's not about me and it's not about you and it's not about how you're feeling through your trials. Although I understand them and I'm with you and I'm there to help you and to pray for you. It doesn't matter when you get beyond yourself. Answers for your problems actually fall into place. Oh, trust me, you can talk to my wife about that one. She'll tell you. Christianity is like that if we don't have the power of the Spirit and we're not ministering from the power of the Spirit. Everything you do in the flesh, everything you do for someone else in the flesh is not accounted to you in heaven, by the way. Because it's not done in faith. The second thing, so that was moving in power. Walking in the Spirit must produce a ministry of love. If we're walking in power, there must be this love transfer that takes place. In two chapters, in 1 Corinthians, Paul discusses the gift of the Holy Spirit, chapter 12 and chapter 14. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And then he talks really strangely and oddly, 1 Corinthians 13, this amazing passage of love. If you're like me, young and naive, you use that passage at your wedding because it's it is still today the most profound writing in the world to understand love why because it's god breathed god breathed upon that word and it's still the most powerful word on love today but the context people the church has lost the context Let me read this bit to you. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, who sat at a wedding before and heard that? There's a wedding. You're talking about gifts of the Spirit. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, I have not love. I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. That's a good one. Everything done in the flesh. If you try and do that, you gain nothing. For love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. And it goes on. We know the scripture. But it's bookended by chapter 12 and chapter 14, which are the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Again, sadly, this passage, instead of celebrating the beauty of love and the operation of the gifts of power, it has been watered down and used as a Christian slogan, if I may, that all I need is love. Yet love should, should motivate us to press into all that God has made for us available in Christ so that we can be all he has empowered us to be as his witnesses 
It was love that motivated the early church to reach into Samaria and the rest of the earth. The Samaritans were their enemies. You can't defeat enemies by fighting. You defeat them with love. The church in Corinth were a church deeply entangled with sin. Yet, they were a church of power. They had the gifts in operation, so much so that Paul wrote the book of Corinthians to bring correction to their, I suppose, licentious view of the gifts of the Spirit. We're okay. We've got the gifts happening. Ra 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 ra. This is going on. All this stuff's happening. Everything's going off in the church. And then these guys over here, they're having communion without waiting for these guys over here. Because you think you're better than these guys. Like this is what Corinthians is written about. The reason Paul had to write the letter was because the power of the Spirit was operating through the church. Which tells me one thing. Sit on the edge of your seats because if the power of the Spirit was in this place, you'd all be filled with power, you'd all be speaking and we'd have to bring a little bit of correction every now and then. This one, Proverbs 14.4, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. There's going to be a little bit of muck when the servants of God are going to do some things for God. There's going to be a little bit of stuff that you're going to question in your head that might need a little bit of teaching and might need a little bit of correction into it. But it shouldn't stop us seeking the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happened. We've written out the Holy Spirit from our thinking and our theology because we don't want to deal with scooping out the muck. But if we scoop out the muck, the Holy Spirit's still working. Because that's what the ox is doing. He's just chewing away at night time, feeding himself, causing a bit of a mess so that tomorrow he can go out and plow the field or bring in the harvest as he brings in the barrows with the wheat on it. You see, you can't be full of service without the Holy Spirit. The disciples said, the apostles Find seven people. Acts chapter 7. Find seven people. Find them. Full of faith. Tick. Born of the Spirit. Are born of, from above. And full of the Holy Spirit. Tick. Stephen. Philip. And the other guys. Walking in the Spirit often brings with it some stuff that you have to work through. But when you're working through stuff because you're trying to get a gauge for it from Scripture, it's causing you to read the Bible so that the Spirit of God can preach truth to you so that you can correct what's going on over here. But a self-help Christianity, if I'm going back over this side, self-help Christianity is actually looking at the Bible and getting bored with the Bible because I can't self-help myself anymore. So then we come up with all of this stuff to try and fix the world's problems when the answer is the gospel of Jesus, which is the power of salvation unto all. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, which not only brings, uh, which only heightens righteousness in your life, but brings power 
to change your world and the world around you. And that's what walking in love is about. It's knowing, sure as well. It's knowing straight away. When the Holy Spirit is abundant, there's going to be problems. There's problems in my house. And I love my people no different than you love yours. But sometimes I've got to clean out the muck. It's the same in the church. It's a body. It's a family. And there's going to be muck. Don't run from it. Get in get your sleeves rolled up. Get into the Word of God and get some understanding about it and press into the fullness of God. And the muck will stop because you live in righteous. When God wants to bring something from the supernatural into the natural, it is done through the vehicle of love. How can you say that, Steve? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When God wants to bring something from heaven to earth, it has to be through the vehicle of love. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in your life. He causes you to minister out of love. But Steve, what if the Holy Spirit touches my life and I start praying in tongues and there's no interpreter? Or if I start doing this and I start doing that and I start going on this and, and all of a sudden I'm saying things that are prophecy over people's lives and I, and I can't see the fruit of that yet. Well, what's going on, Steve, if I can't do all these things? How do I know it's the Spirit of God? How do I know that it's Jesus and not the devil? Who said that? I've said that. 1 Corinthians twelve three. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. That's how you know. If there's fruit from their lips that they live in, in righteousness, then they are living in Christ. I was going to look at the gifts, but we don't need to. The last one I want to really quickly touch on right now. To walk in the Spirit is a ministry to all. For all. It's not for me. It's not for Jamie or Rodney or Teresa. It's not for James. It's not for the elders. It's for every one of us. For all of us. The power of God fell on every one of the 120 in the upper room. The power of God fell on everyone in Cornelius' house. Philip full of the Holy Spirit and grace, full of faith, goes to Samaria, preaches the gospel, full of the Holy Spirit. It is backed up with signs and wonders. You can read these Acts chapter 8. Signs and wonders, healings break out across Samaria. And guess what comes into the minds of the apostles? Holy Spirit's breaking out over there. There's salvations going on. Peter and John say, we better get down there really quickly. So they head off for one purpose and one purpose only. Two weeks later, they rock in and they're like, have you guys received the gift of the Father? Have you guys received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. We've received the baptism in Jesus. We've been baptized into faith. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, come here because I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And they had this revival meeting that was not about salvation, it was about empowerment to go beyond Samaria. Jesus didn't want Samaria becoming an insular little town or city. So he sent the apostles to go and lay hands on them so that they would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Don't come to me and say, I can't see the baptism in the scriptures. It's written there. I've given you four examples. Jesus breathes on the disciples and then he tells them to wait in in Jerusalem where the spirit falls. Peter gets locked up. They get locked up in chains. The Holy Spirit breaks them out. They, they, they crack on and they get into a prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit falls again on those whom he's already fallen on. They get rebaptized, full of boldness to preach the gospel. I think what was going on was that they were starting to feel a little bit down because there was persecution against them. So the Spirit of God goes, here guys, have another top up. Peter goes and preaches to Cornelius' house. Cornelius is like, this is awesome. The Holy Spirit's like, shut up, Peter. And then boom, the Holy Spirit falls. And they all start speaking in tongues. It was chaos. Do you understand? And then Philip preaches the gospel. He preaches the gospel and the people come to Christ and they're, they're baptized and they're healed. They're set free. of delivered of demonic oppression. Simon the sorcerer comes to Jesus. And then he encounters Peter and John. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm not going to, you can't buy the Holy Spirit. He's a gift from God. And they lay hands on him and they come, they're filled with the Spirit of God. This is not make-believe. Pentecostals don't believe this stuff because they're reading into the Word. The Word is speaking truth to you. Do you desire the power from God? Do you want God more in your life and a deeper sense of relationship? Do you want the power of God to go from you? Abraham, the whole story of faith is about blessing other people. And in Christian churches, we're sitting here today thinking, what about me? I was Shannon Noel from Condobolin. God has something for you today. I've got 10 minutes. I'm done preaching. I've got 10 minutes. Because Joel records. Actually, Natalia, can I get you to come up though? Joel records in his book, verse 28 of chapter 2. The Spirit of God is to be poured out upon all flesh. And the sons of God and the daughters of God are to prophesy. Speak the words of God. Speak the life of God over their brothers and sisters. Call out for the non-Christian that which is true so that they can step into life. The power of God is the same today as it was on the day of Pentecost 
nearly 2,000 years ago. The only difference... The only difference is we've taken this third of the Bible and we put doctrines of man around it. And they undermine our faith. And they're all well and good. They're good things that we teach. They're great things that we talk about. They help us in life. But nothing is more powerful than the Holy Spirit to bring transformation to your city. We can preach good things from this place and teach great stuff about the doctrines of the Word. And we'll grow one or two at a time. But God's into the business of multiplication. 120 received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000 men were added to their number that very night. I don't quite see 120 here this morning. Maybe 90 of you sitting here. What if God fell on you right now? What if the Holy Spirit changed the way you think in an instant, filled you with power to speak in other tongues, filled you with power to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and caused you to think from outside of yourself to see a world transformed. What can 90 adults do? James, I might ask you to go and bring out the kids for me. They wanted to come out and be a part of this. If you're sitting in the tables, guys, I'll invite you to come and sit in here, please, for me. Our kids are coming out. I just want to give some space for them. So if you're sitting in the tables, it's not, you're not going to be rude. Come and sit down. It's okay. You'll find a seat. Actually, as they're doing that, as we're waiting for the kids to come out, can I ask everyone to stand? And these guys come in, you'll find your seat in a minute. I want you to go and find someone in the church that you don't usually associate with. Quick, come on. We haven't got a lot of time. We've got to get into some stuff when it comes to missions, all right? We need to talk about this stuff. I want to activate this. I want to activate something in your life this morning. I want to activate a desire for the good things of God. Come on, quickly, get into this. Once you've got your partner, I want you to sit down with them, next to them, so that everyone knows you've got one. Everyone knows you've got one. It's all right, Aslan, it's okay. You can go and find someone. It's a good thing. Sit down with them. All right, someone over here says he's standing up still. He needs a partner. Jamie's looking for someone. Jamie, maybe you're going, oh, you got someone? Awesome. Maybe grab them and come and sit up the front of you so you've got a bit of space. Tino, come and find a partner, someone that you can speak to, someone that can understand your language. Okay? Because Tino, the Holy Spirit speaks through different languages. So you go and find someone of your nation that you could speak and communicate with. Could someone please be with Tino that knows how to understand the language so that he doesn't miss out, please? One of you Cook Islanders, come and grab... Uncle Tino, come on. Hey, kids. Kids, come in quickly. Find a partner and sit around the tables with your partner. You kids, find a partner and your kids. You okay? The Holy Spirit's going to give you interpretation, man. You're going to understand what He's going to say. Yeah, you. (laughs) 
right? Holy Spirit's going to give you interpretation of what He's going to say. I believe that. You? You? Come on. This is real. Hey, guys, we got, we got someone here that needs a partner. Yep. If you haven't got a partner, how about you stand up? If you've got a partner, just sit down for me so I know who's got a partner. It's all right. We've got time. The roast dinner is not going to burn. It's all right. I got time for the Holy Spirit. Have you? Hey, guys, I've got time for the Holy Spirit. Do you? Right. Faith. Holy Spirit responds to faith. He doesn't respond to wish. All right? You can't wish the Holy Spirit is here. Faith says He is here. All right? Andrew needs someone. Stand up, buddy. There you go. Go and pray with Lenny, mate, for me. Awesome, mate. Well done. All right, who else hasn't got a partner? Anyone else? Give me a wave if you don't have a partner. All right, we've all got a partner. Introduce yourself. Say, hello, I'm Steve, or I'm whoever you are. Introduce yourself. You know, it's really weird if you don't know them, eh? It's really weird. We don't want to be weird. All right? Christians cop enough for being weird. We don't want to be weird. Now, the Holy Spirit is here because the Word of God says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. Right? There's a corporate presence of the Holy Spirit that's available right now. You're going to go to an F for me. The reason I ask her to change is I want to build faith in the house. Right? I want to, can you just bring that up for a minute? Guys, close your eyes for me. I want to go up as loud as you can go without distorting. Close your eyes for me. Holy Spirit, right now, we welcome you here. We thank you that you are in our midst. We thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit is in manifest presence right now to transform the way we think. Holy Spirit, work on our hearts, not our minds at this moment. Draw us into faith. Draw us into faith. Holy Spirit gives you a gift of faith. That's something that He does and He imparts into your life the very moment you come to Christ. But then there is a gift of faith that comes. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for the gift of faith across this place. Release faith now in Jesus' name. Right. I'll go to an E for me. I'm going to ask this question. You're in faith, right? Everyone's eyes are closed. Everyone's heads are bowed. If you have never encountered the presence of Jesus, if you have never said, Jesus, forgive me, be my Lord and Savior, I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior, right now, opportunity is here for you to be born again, to be born from above. Stand to your feet if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior right now. Awesome. That means everyone here is born from above. Is that right? 
Everyone here is born from above. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, my dear. You want to come out to me for a minute? You guys, stay in faith for me. We're going to pray with our sister here for a moment. I'm just going to turn off this microphone. Praise the Lord. Our sister just gave her life to Jesus. You see, when the Holy Spirit draws a person, He draws them into an encounter with Him and He sets them free completely. My next question is around this. Can you change to a G? Can you hear me okay? Who has not been baptized with the Holy Spirit and would like to be today? Who would like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit like I was talking about? Then may I ask you to stand to your feet right now. It's a whole church. And kids, you're welcome. If you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you stand to your feet, okay? Right across this room. Hey guys, this is your time now. If you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, stand to your feet right now. Yeah, we've got some kids down the back. That's awesome. What about up here in the front? Holy Spirit is a gift for you. It's not weird. It's not, he's not scary. He's the gift of the Father. And ask a couple of adults that are filled with the Holy Spirit to go and stand with those kids down the back right now. Is there any adults that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and want to stand to your feet? It's not about show. This is about family, guys. Right? This is about family. What happens in here changes your heart to take it out there. Right? So it's not about me and it's not about the show. This is about what God is doing in your heart right now. All right. Kids, can you hear me? I want you to say this prayer. Close your eyes. Everybody out there standing with them, take your hands off them. Take your hands off them. Stand back. Kids, are you looking at me? Say this prayer. Look up to God. Father, I want to hear you. Father, I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I ask to speak in other tongues. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ to be filled with power from on high. I ask for the Holy Spirit now. And I believe that I will receive the Holy Spirit. Now you adults down there, I want you to say this as you go to them. In the name of Jesus, I baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. There's a transfer happening right now. These people carrying the Holy Spirit are transferring the gift from above. The Holy Spirit comes and responds to faith. Those of you who are born of the Spirit right now just begin to speak in other tongues. 
between you and God. I don't want it out loud so that you can confuse everyone. It's between you and God. It needs to be spoken like, like I'm talking now. But speak to God. Just engage your prayer language right now. Let faith arise in this house. Now, kids, you're going to speak in other tongues in the name of Jesus right now. As it bubbles up on the inside of you, just let it come out. Just let it come out. See, the kids, they respond pretty well. They respond pretty well. Speak in other tongues in the name of Jesus. All right. Now, everybody, stand to your feet. Because from all of this, most of you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So I can only assume that that's where we are, yeah? So you might need to just give yourself a little bit of space, all right? Spread out a little bit. Give yourselves a bit of space. The Holy Spirit comes with gifts. Gifts of faith. Gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Gifts of prophecy. Words of knowledge. Words of wisdom. What else does He come in? gifts of miracles and working of healing or working of miracles and gifts of healings Holy Spirit right now is just giving you a gift of faith thank you Holy Spirit I want you to turn to the person next to you the person that you chose out of the crowd and I just want you to lay hands on each other on the shoulders just ask it's okay is it okay if I put my hands on you yeah good I like that that's a good quick response good quick response you got Hayden for me awesome man it's a great quick response I love it alright is it okay if I lay hands on you good now start to pray in the spirit reach out to God it's about you and the Holy Spirit right now it's not about the person you're praying for you've got to understand this it's about you and the Holy Spirit right now reach out to God and say God say this with me God you have something that will encourage my friend What do you want to say to him or her? Right. Right now, the first thing came to your head, I want you to say that over the person next to you. Now, it's got to be encouraging. You can't tell them that they're going to hell, all right? See, words of knowledge are just going to start to activate. There's someone in the house right now that's just doubting this. They're like, I don't know if I'm going to hear something from God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you're going to hear something and you're going to say it over the person in front of you. This is awesome. You guys are prophesying over people. You guys are speaking words of faith over people. I'll give you a couple more seconds. A couple more seconds. See, Holy Spirit was pretty quick. You're taking a long time to justify yourself. He said the word pretty quick. All right? Don't justify it. Just say it. It's faith. All right. Now, I want you to raise your hands if you just received a word of encouragement. Yeah? That's awesome. Look at that. Look at that. How cool is that? Everyone look around. Look around. If you received the word of encouragement right then, raise your hand. If you feel encouraged in your spirit to continue in your faith, keep your hand held high. Yeah? All right, we're going to go for the next one. All right, the other person that didn't get a chance to say anything then, we're going to prophesy. 
We're going to prophesy. We're not going to speak the future over someone. We're going to ask God for a vision. See, Joel tells us that we'll see dream, we'll dream dreams and we'll see visions. We're going to ask God for a vision right now. So just reach out, God, I would like a vision. I would like a vision for my friend. I'd like to encourage them with a word. I'd like to give them a vision. What do you see? In your mind's eye, what do you hear in your spiritual ear? And what do you feel in your tactile spirit? Just reach out, God. What do you have for this person? Step out in faith and say what he says. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff, people. Kids, I hope you're looking to pray over each other down there. Thanks, Tess. You guide them down there for me, Dal. That was fun. <laughs> All right, who just got a really awesome vision? Give us a shake, handshake if you got... That's awesome, Ruth. Awesome. You got a good... Vi- Did you see the vision or someone tell you? That's awesome. Well done. Who else got a vision? Yeah? Look at this. Look at this. You guys got a vision. What about over here? Awesome. You see how God works? See, you guys are in a safe environment, right? Church is supposed to be safe, but it's also a place where you can experiment with God. And so you can grow in your faith, right? You don't grow just sitting there going, yes, pastor, yes, pastor, yes, pastor. You grow by action, right? So you grow in serving the body. You grow in prayer. You grow as you get opportunity to experience. Now, someone here has got a word of knowledge, and I want you to come forward and tell me. I reckon someone here is experiencing a pain in their body that wasn't here when you first came here. Who's that? Who's got a pain in their body that that is not from them? They know it right now. Just feel yourself. Do a bit of a test. I've got a bit of a pain here that I know is not from me. Come to me. I need a mic. All right. Who's that? Who's coming out? See, I just called out a word of knowledge and someone's not, not responding. Who's that? Someone here has got pain in their body that's not from them. That's not from them. Now you stay there. Yeah, stay there. You're right. Stay there. Nah, don't move. Stay there. Stay there. It's all good, mum. You've got pain in your body that you did not have when you walked into church this morning. Right? Who's that? There's someone here. I know it. Come on, don't be scared because I said you've got to come out the front. This is boldness. This is faith. Who's got a pain in their body? They did not have before they came. It's okay. I can wait. I don't have to be anywhere. Alright? Who's got a headache that they didn't have when they walked in the door? Who's got a sore toe they didn't have when they walked in the door, didn't stub it on anything? Who's got a cough they didn't have 10 minutes ago? Come on, there's got to be something. Is that you, Ali? You come and come on, don't make me wait. Your roast is going to burn, not my fault. Come on, quick, quick, quick. All right? Because we've got to do some mission stuff here. All right? So you want us to do this? Go. Trust God. Step into it. Yep. And just call out the pain that you've got. Someone here has. Turn around, face your people. 
Can you describe it? It's just the bottom part of the tummy, the pain. Is it like a sharp pain? Yeah. yeah. Sharp so pain. someone here's got a sharp pain in their tummy. Yes. All right. Who's got a sharp pain in their tummy? See, Ali's responded with faith. Now you've got to respond in faith. See, that's a word of the Lord. When the word of the Lord comes in a word of knowledge, it means the Holy Spirit is here to heal. There's an anointing on that word right now for your healing. You got a pain in the tummy? Come forward and receive your healing. Who's got a pain in the tummy? Any of you kids? Someone? All right. Ali didn't get it wrong. Someone's scared. Because she came up. Who's, who's a little bit scared here? Who doesn't want to receive healing? Come on, who doesn't want to receive healing, eh? Come on. All right. All right, Ali. Someone give, give Ali a clap for me. She's spotted in faith. Hey, guys, if you've got a pain in your tummy, don't go to Ali afterwards, all right? Because she'll be like, oh, man, why didn't you come up earlier? She'll correct you. Don't worry about that. All right. There's some people here with some pain right now. I'd like uh, two people to go and pray with my mum. All right? Two people straight away with faith. One of our sisters had a bit of pain in her heart before, and she's getting some prayer now. The Lord's just unlocking her and setting her free. Have you got pain on you at all anywhere? Yes? Have you got some pain anywhere in your body right now? Yeah. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. This is a good place. Is there any pain in your body? Have you got a sickness at all in your back? In your stomach. Okay. Alison, come here, darling. So can I just explain that? I don't want to embarrass you in any way. So I just want to share this in love. Remember I said before that the gifts of the Spirit move in love. God wants to set you free because He loves you. He doesn't want you sitting there in your pain. He wants to set you free. Ali, the lady in the corner, you go and pray with her. Yeah, she's just there with a few tears in her eyes. She's got some pain in her stomach. The Lord called that out because he wants to set her free. Okay, don't be embarrassed, people. This is the Lord wanting to, he's wanting to just bring you into victory. Can you play me a B? We started the year with a breakthrough, yeah? We said we're going to break through some stuff. We're going to break through some stuff right now. I want you to lay your hands on the person next to you. I want you to pray a prayer like this. You don't have to copy me, but pray this prayer. Lord, I pray a complete blessing on this person. I pray right now that they would be renewed after the truth of your word and Holy Spirit. I ask right now that they will be completely blessed that they would prosper just as their souls prosper. In the name of Jesus, all infirmity come off. In the name of Jesus, I speak health and vitality. I speak cleansing in the name of Jesus. Lord, purge your church. Holy Spirit, fill this place with your goodness. Holy Spirit, purge your church of all unrighteousness. Purge your church of everything that is afflicting it right now. I pray victory and breakthrough in the name of Jesus.